On this week's episode of Circles Off, we're joined by Kevin Davis. He is the host of 90 Degrees right here on the Circles Off YouTube channel. We're going to talk to him about a variety of stuff, including how he got into the podcasting space and his love for the CFL. All that and more. This week's Circles Off starts now. Come on, let's go! Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 104, right here on the Hammer Betting Network. Rob Pizzola, joined by Johnny from Betstamp. How's it going? So for all of you who are listening, I just tried to do the intro without Rob. Like I, I was the one who's like, hey everybody, welcome back to Circles Off. And he nixed it before I could even say episode 104. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It got, re- it got rejected very, very quickly. Um, I'm just noticing, like, this farmer's tan I got going on is way too much. Episode number 104, the farmer's tan edition. I really got to roll up the sleeves when I when I play golf or do the gardening work. So the most famous number four, we got, obviously, number four, Bobby Orr. Of course. yeah, I, I'm glad you said that first. My father watches every week. Big fan of Bobby Orr. Trivia question. You might not know. You might know. I don't know. Bobby St. Louis. Bobby Orr's career was ended early with a with a big hit by someone. Do you know who ended his career with that hit? Zach does. Beyond, Zach can't speak, by the way. He's got laryngitis. What year was this in? Oh, I, I don't... I, like, this is, like, before I was born, basically. Um, I'll, 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 I'll say it, it was Pat Quinn. Patty Quinn? Pat Quinn laid out Bobby Orr and ended his career. <laughs> Fuck, eh? Pat Quinn. But four is a very popular number. I, Brett Favre was, uh, was number four. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, my boy. Number four right now. I know you're a huge fan of kickers in sports as well. Adam Vinatieri. Vinatieri, yeah. Not the biggest fan of him, but... No, he's a fine guy. I'm just like, was never a massive fan of Vinatieri. <laughs> I don't, know, you just just don't like the teams he was on. I know. I, hate, I hated New England. I, I like... He was... You know, when, yeah. I hate... I just hate New England. I wish he missed some of those kicks for the Patriots. Fair enough. Glad to see Boston sports go down this week, by the way. It, very, was, it was very, yeah, thrilling. Come back from 3-0, all for naught. All for nothing. There's like a, a little bit of a rivalry, obviously, between Toronto and Boston. The, when the Leafs were, you know, winning 4-1, they lost to the Bruins. Leafs fans have had to hear that for years. But Boston just like blowing leads in sports playoffs this year. Sorry for, by the way, all the Boston fans out there, but I hate Boston sports. So see the Bruins blow that lead and the Celtics just like come back all for naught. Red Sox are not that good this year. It's just a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive. And it's a great time to be alive in Ontario, where you can bet at Pinnacle Sportsbook. They are the world's sharpest sportsbook. Available to all you bettors in Ontario. Find out what pro bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. Again, you must be 19+. plus. Not available to those in the U.S. And please play responsibly. Cannot stress that enough. Never risk what you're not willing to lose. Before we get into our guests this week, I do want to point out one more thing that producer Zach sent me earlier. We often ask people to subscribe to the show. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. But also, one thing that drives me nuts on a weekly basis, I do appreciate people who, by the way, reach out to me via DMs, but the DMs of when is the Circles Off episode dropping? When is 90 Degrees coming out? Whatever it is, it's very easy, people. Make sure you turn on all notifications. Just hit the bell below. All notifications on. You get a notification whenever we go live. It's that easy. You don't have to ask me anymore. By the way, we do try to release episodes of Circles Off Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But click those all notifications. Only 5.2% of people who are watching right now have all notifications turned on. Too low. Very easy. I run my life based off notifications. Do you not? Somewhat. Somewhat. Someone, all right, guys, what we're going to need you to do is absolutely just smash that notification <laughs> bell. We're going to need you to obliterate that notification bell right now. Hit it so hard that you actually have to buy a new mouse. That's That would be the goal. Click it so hard that that left side of the mouse actually gets stuck in and you need to order a new one off Amazon. That is the request. Second request, by the way, we want to grow the show so we can do more shows. Continue doing this for a long time. Reach out to one person that you think has not heard a Circles Off episode at any point. Tell them to listen to one. It could be your favorite episode from the past. One of the guests we had, Ed from Right Angle Sports, Barry Horst, Steve Fezzik, whatever we've done. Or you can just send them the YouTube channel. Tell them to subscribe. But help us grow it. 
does mean a lot if you can do that. So please, thank you for all the support over the last couple of years. But let's blow this thing up even further. I'm not a narcissist. I'm not arrogant or anything like that. Some people would think I am. I'm actually not. But people do say all the time, this is the best sports betting podcast out there. I read the comments for the last episode we did last week with Brock Landers. I got the exact same thing. Great, best sports betting podcast out there. Let's make it blow up like it is the best sports betting podcast out there. So appreciate everyone who could do that. And of course, subscribe. We We need a good starter episode. Because a lot of people ask me, like, oh, yeah, oh, I, like, I know, I like, where do I start? What's the first step? What, which episode should I start? What should I go back to? So let's, do, let's do that next week. Episode number 105. Do a starter episode, like Just how to get started in sports betting and then, like, where to go through. Yeah, or, or like, you could, we could do, like, a what not to do, what to. It, you know what? Watch a video on uh, YouTube this week. Um, I wish I could give it credit. I'll, I'll remember what it is and we'll just describe it. But I watch tons of golf videos on YouTube, by the way, because I suck at golf. And like, I think that by watching these videos, it's going to make me better. It actually makes me worse because then I go to the course and I think about 48 different things in the head, in my head while I'm swinging. But there was one video done by like a scratch golfer has his own channel channel that was, if I had to start sports betting, uh, sorry, golf from scratch, this is what I would do. And it was like a 30 minute video. That could be an interesting it. podcast. If it's starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. Could be interesting, could be trash. We might I, as well I try think it. it'll be interesting. By the way, my new uh, golf clubs came in. Cool. Now I just need um, a couple new hats, a couple new golf shirts, and a new glove, and then I'll finally start playing better. <laughs> Your golf clubs came in. My uh, my favorite thing that I got this week. I reach back for it right here. Look at this bad boy. <laughs> is that a welding and chipper hammer? It's not a welding chipper. Ha- I don't know what type of hammer this actually is. Sorry for those who are listening as I'm holding one up for the viewers, but this thing is straight out of the 1920s, I would think. It's actually like fall. I feel if I turn it upside down, it, like it's broken at the top. You can like see it's no, not in there. That'll be attached good. properly anymore. But this, I think, is the hammer that we will switch to permanently for our logo. Forget the claw hammer. This is the one. This is the one, people. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into it. We do have a guest this week. Some of you might have noticed a couple months ago, we added another podcast to the Circles Off podcast stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, you would have noticed on YouTube, a new face to the Circles Off channel. That new face is Kevin Davis. You can follow him on Twitter, at Boogie Down Picks. He is the host of the 90 Degrees podcast right here on Circles Off. Kevin, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm a longtime listener of Circles Off. I think I've only missed like five or six episodes of all you 140. You missed five or six? Done. That's because you didn't wow. have notifications set, Kevin. Set notifications like the rest of the people who haven't set notifications so you can get every single episode. Which one did I you do, skip? I did have notifications set. I think it was just like I didn't get around to listening. Well. Even though I was notified. We're going to have to discuss your future here on the Circles <laughs> Off uh, channel, knowing that you haven't listened to every episode. Um, no, we're just joking no, just around, kidding. Kevin. But Kevin, for those that don't know you, um, I met you at the first Bet Bash uh, in New Jersey. Then we chatted again at the second Bet Bash at the Bookie Better Breakfast that we had. So we've met a few times in person. Uh, we obviously talk offline as well. But for those that don't know you, give us some of your personal background and how you got involved in the sports betting space. Well, like many people, I didn't have like a math or analytics background uh, before getting into sports betting, uh, partially because it wasn't a career uh, outside of Vegas for a long time, at least uh, in a regulated way. Uh, so I originally started off with a career in politics. I was an elected official when I was 23. Uh, so I was the youngest elected official in my county's history. Uh, so I did that for two years. Uh, then went back to school to finish my degree and got a job with the city of New York as a 311 uh, call taker. Because uh, you have 911, which is for emergencies, right. and 311 were the fun guys. Uh, 24-7, 365 for non-emergency calls. What's the so crazy? you had a rat, Ooh, sorry to interrupt. you had a rat in your apartment, you would call me. If you had a noisy <laughs> neighbor, call me. If you had a blocked driveway, call me. If your car was towed, call me. What's the craziest or if it's an story? Emergency, we bring nine one one on. Like somebody uh, called because they took a cab and the driver demanded a tip. 
he didn't tip the driver, so the driver drive off with the luggage. So I had to bring 911 on the line. <laughs> that, was Pat, that was Patrick Kane, I believe, right? No, Patrick Kane. Was beat that up, in Buffalo? He beat up the cab driver in Buffalo. Well, it wasn't in Buffalo because it was New York City 311, and it was out of our jurisdiction. Uh, we would have to forward him to the right place. Oh, man. This, I actually didn't know this. I, I learned something new about you every single time. You got any other good ones? That's where the sports betting cut. Oh, I got a ton of them. Give a us, give calls, us one more. Yeah, go ahead. Give us a couple more. She's like, um, yeah, I'm calling because these three kids showed up at my door claiming they're my son, uh, but they don't look like me. Uh, how can I get a, a DNA test done uh, to find out if we're related? <laughs> so I had to bring on the supervisor because I didn't know what to ask. So I asked. I said, were you there when they were born? Uh, she said, yes. Um, and I said, okay, uh, what happened to make them take your kids away from you? And what happened was 15 years ago, she had a bad drug trip and child services came and took her kids away. So, you know, I hooked, I hooked her up instead of, because we only had paternity testing. We didn't have maternity testing. Because okay. uh, I would have gotten a, a failed score if I gave her the wrong service, even though it would have <laughs> helped her. So I just hooked her up with child services so she can find out what happened with her case. Ah, oh, fair enough. Do you ever get it? Like, do you know the follow? Like, you know what happens after those? Or you just like, you pass it off and it's done? Like, what were they actually Most of the kids? time you pass it off and it's done. But some of the time, if it's like a something we're taking, like we're doing a noise complaint and sending it to the police, they have like a, a number to track it. So you go on that number to track it and I'll say, police showed up and observed no noise because noise complaints are fucked because they take up to eight hours to respond to the police. Mm. So if you have a neighbor having a loud party at 2 a.m. and they show up at 6 a.m. and observe no noise, they're not going to bust them. Oh, good to know. This is, this is pertinent information when you <laughs> I don't know what Toronto downtown Toronto. Like. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so was there so anything was ever that. gambling related on the phones? Um, Bookie stiffed, yeah, I think... Bookie stiffed another guy. You so this that? is like... Cause I was getting into sports betting while I was working this job because it was located in the financial district, which is right by the path train to New Jersey. So it was after work, when I make the trips to New Jersey to make my bets and then go back home. Um, so I'd be on the phone and a guy would have the game on in the background and I couldn't be like, Oh, I have money on it. I'd be like, Oh, what's the score? And cause they listen to the calls and grade them. I say, okay, so they're covering. And he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> And the analyst won't know what uh, covering is. <laughs> so, you know, that's how I'd find out what's going on. Love or they'd be like, oh, you're from Nebraska. What do you think of the Huskers this year? Yeah. Yeah. Because you would have to, while looking things up, you would have to manage the time. Because, like, if you're not talking while you're looking things up, the other person's going to freak out about their situation. So, I like, yeah, what do you think about Scott Frost? Right. Now, and I then will... I'll be looking it up. I will say... So I've known you now for a few years and we've had several interactions. You are the king of the small talk, I would say. And now it all makes sense as to why. Because you just have like someone else on the other end of the phone. You don't want them just like there for four minutes, just nothing. I mean, I guess you could just put them on hold with the elevator music, but you just prefer to chat your way through those. Yeah, I mean, if you put them on hold, that makes them more aggravated. And there's also like, if they're on hold for too long, they dock your score. Uh, because the way they analyze you as an analyst is they grade your calls. So they only grade it if it's randomly selected or somebody makes a complaint against you. Got it. Now, how so did the this... first year is the roughest because once you're there for one year, it's nearly impossible to fire you because you're permanent. Mm. So they fired most of the people like 11 months in. So they wouldn't be permanent employees. Cutthroat. Very cutthroat. So did you make it past? Yeah. So I did that job for about three years. Uh, before I shifted over into the sports betting industry. And and describe the shift for yourself. Like, what does that mean, shifting over into the sports betting industry? Yeah, so I was just, like, in that job, kicking ass, being miserable, uh, because there wasn't really much room to move up. I was just taking my civil service test, trying to get a better job in New York City government. But they, they took one and a half years to score one of my tests. And it wasn't until a couple months ago that I finally got a call for an interview. Wow. So that's how slow they are. So I was there being miserable, but I'd be at work. I'd be like, okay, uh, I'm going to wait till 3 p.m. when my shift is over. going to take the train to Hoboken, and I'm just going to lay my bets. So I did that like four or five times a week, then go back home to the Bronx, 
which is why I got my Twitter handle at Boogie Down Picks, mm-hmm. Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Picks, just like the rap group Boogie Down Productions, same initials. Big fan of hip hop, by the way. So I was doing that and I went on like a Facebook forum and I'm like, here's what I like in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, hey, I run the forum and I also run an affiliate site. Do you want to write for us? And I'm like, yeah. So I did some articles and I'm like, why am I getting screamed at all day on the phone when I could work in sports betting? Uh, this came up a few episodes ago on 90 Degrees. Uh, my uncle uh, works in the sports gambling space as well. Uh, we, we kept that under wraps. He has a different last name, Andy Serling of the New York Racing Association. So I kept telling him about the betting stuff I'm doing, and he's a tough critic. And he's like, wow, you're doing well. Why are you still working at 3-1-1? So I took that encouragement. as right before COVID. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a leave from my job, start writing sports betting content, getting paid. Then COVID happened. So that's when I started getting really active on Twitter. And I got into Asian baseball. So I was building my own Asian baseball models. Um, and then I got uh, hooked up with Vegas Insider, started writing for them a little bit. Um, then later ended up with Action Network. And then after that, I landed my first full-time gig for an affiliate site. Uh, so I did that for a year and a half. And now affiliate sites are cutting back. So still in the betting space, producing content for you guys. And um, in the meantime, I'm leading bus tours in New York City. Interesting. And how- I got my sightseeing guide license. Okay. What, so it's what- just me and 50 Europeans on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Me cracking jokes. But are you are you a classic a New Yorker gig. though? Are you are you a true New Yorker? So that's debatable. I grew up in the suburbs, so that's why I don't have an accent. Um, like I mean, look, I was an elected official in my town of eight thousand people, so I'm a legend. Uh, lived in the Bronx <laughs> for five years, and the Bronx is where I got started in sports betting because there weren't many blank blanquitos like me in my neighborhood because the Bronx is about eight percent white. Uh, in my neighborhood, the other white people were mainly Albanian immigrants. So, um, you know, I was getting my hair cut one day in my Dominican barbershop. And that's when I found out that people were betting on sports in the back. I'm like, let me check that out. So I got my Google Translate out, gave them some bets in Spanish. Uh, they gave me the slip in Spanish. I went back uh, the next day to win. So they're talking among themselves and like, how come this guy is winning? What's going on? Uh, they called me Bernie at the time because Bernie Sanders was running for president <laughs> and they didn't know many other Jews um, in this part of the Bronx. And they're like, oh, how come Bernie's winning? So a lot of them would like start chatting with me, like, what are you doing? Uh, but it wasn't like super advanced. Like now it was only one sports book. Um, like one, the, the, the one, I guess my first winning angle was that with them was that they had pitcher strikeout props, whereas minus one fifteen on both sides. Mm-hmm. So they so, would only do minus fifteen. When they wouldn't. They wouldn't shift it. Well, up they would only do minus one fifteen on both sides. And so, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Huge edge. Huge edge. If something stuff. else is priced minus one sixty in market, as often as the case in in strikeout props, you would be betting it at minus one fifteen. The only, the only downside was that I had to put him in like four pick parlays if I did a pitcher strikeout. Yeah, I mean, still plus EV bets, right? So this I is... had some, I hit some of them. And then they had like the clerks who don't know much English pretend they didn't hear what I was like trying to bet. And meanwhile, they're in the phone with, I'm not going to mention the bookie's name, even though every Bronx neighborhood has a Dominican with this nickname. And the guy's like, oh, sorry, we're, don't go give him any pitcher strikeout bets. <laughs> got cut off, man. Hey, your first thing. I got cut off from that, but, uh, you know, so I was doing first five innings. They didn't have CFL back then, sadly, oh. or else I would have been there doing CFL. But I'd be there on the Saturdays hitting the matchin'. There you go. So what are you, what are you doing right now for betting? Obviously, Kevin, you, you're living in, in around New Jersey, New York, a lot of regulated sports book brands there. How's everything going now? Yes, that's what happened. So, you know, once I left 311, I didn't have to live in New York City anymore because you were required to live in the five boroughs. And after two years, you could ask to to live outside of New York City, but your agency would have to accept it and they wouldn't let you live in New Jersey. So once I didn't have to live in New York anymore, I moved across the river to New Jersey because I was tired of commuting to New Jersey just to make bets. I mean, it's fun hitchhiking over the George Washington Bridge 
I mean, they had buses, but people did you actually hitchhike? Yeah. So, I mean, they had buses like on the side of the road with the thumb up, like not even with the thumb up. The cars are just pull over and ask if I want to join because uh, for the George Washington Bridge, you pay less in tolls if you have three or more people. <laughs> so they get the people waiting for the bus from the George Washington Bridge and ask if they want to jump in. Really? How, how much is it less like per person or just overall you pay less? Overall, they pay less. I oh. don't know exactly what they were paying. They're they're trying uh, to like they're trying to, to encourage get car, carpool. Encourage carpool. They're yeah. doing some sharp sharp play. move by that's Kevin. an EV. That's an EV move. That so is a, I mean, it's an EV. That's an and then the play. other side of the George Washington Bridge is Fort Lee, where uh, there's a big Korea town. So I'd have all these old Koreans picking me up. To my girlfriend, be like, "Oh, are they going to kidnap you?" And I'm like, "They're five foot tall and 120 pounds and 80 years old. I think we're good." There you go. Unless they have a, a stun gun, but that yes. was part of the game. Well, role. you never know nowadays. It's anyone could take down anyone. But um, so yeah, I was tired of doing that, and uh, my girlfriend wanted to live with me, and she didn't want to live in the Bronx. I'm like, how about Hoboken? So uh, we've been here for two and a half years now. There you go. Now, what do you? So you're in Hoboken. Let's let's describe yourself as a better to the audience, right? Like, I sort of know you, but like for those out there. That consume ninety degrees uh, versus circles off, which we're, you know we're doing now. It, they're different. We, there's a lot of interview style stuff that we do on our program, but it's very different than what you do. And a lot of people are like, "How do these fit together?" So for for yourself, Kevin, do you consider yourself a square better, a sharp better, a semi sharp, something else altogether? Like, talk to in your own mind, what type of better are you? I would say I'm a rec sharp better. So. I'm definitely sharp because all these sports books keep limiting me. And I mean, sure, some of these sports books are limiting people they could be winning money from. So like I do win consistently at a lot of these smaller, lower limit markets uh, that Spanky isn't hitting on and others. Uh, but if I were to try and be a professional better and have to hit NFL sides or NBA sides, I would probably break even or like lose 1%. Got it. You you found yourself like a niche that that works for you where you can get some profitability, but if you were to scale that, you would have trouble doing that essentially. Yeah, I think I would have trouble doing that and I mean, I guess one of the biggest lessons I learned from my podcast is, you know, being a professional better is a pain in the ass and it's just easier being a better that makes money but it's not your job. Fair enough. Hey, definitely a, a smart move there. I think a lot of times with people who are betting and they, I guess, deem themselves professional or not, if you put all your eggs in one basket, then now you're like required to actually give it all you got. When you don't, you don't really work as hard. Like, you know, if you, if you have like a side job or something else to fall back to. So I've gone both ways on that. And, and in terms of, oh, is it better to have a, a nest egg or is it better to just go all out? And I think depends on the person. So for someone, you know, like you, who's like, oh, I prefer to also just do a lot of content stuff, do a lot of media stuff and still try to make money on the bets, but not have to depend on that. I think that's a solid move. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I want to get into to 90 degrees and, and podcasting in general. Um, so when we first launched the Hammer Betting Network, which is coming up on a year now. Is it? I don't remember the exact date. We should probably no, end, know of, it. end of summer, like before football season. Well, not when we actually brought it to the public. When we when we had like but talked like, about it, yeah, first, that, that's probably coming up on. It's a probably year. coming up on a year. And the way that we kind of did it was the original founding members, myself, Johnny, Julian, a few others that we had on board in the early going, basically put together independently put together lists of people that we thought would be a very good fit for our vision and what we wanted to build. And you were one of very few people that was mm -hmm. unanimously on every list. So that's how it started in terms of us reaching out to you. And that was us not even knowing whether or not you could do content, but just like this person is interesting and we should give them a shot type of thing. Um, we first started chatting with you about the idea of doing a podcast. You were on board and then it was you that came to me with the premise for 90 degrees. So can you tell me a little bit more about the inspiration for that? Um, you know, why you chose this interview style format and you know, where the name, I guess, 90 degrees comes from as well. Yes. Yeah, so it's a great story. So first of all, um, I was a longtime circles off listener and going into politician mode, I think 
if I'm going to a conference where I'm networking with people, I got a list in my head of every single person I need to, um, you know, meet, talk to. So you are on my, you, uh, Johnny, bed stamp people, you know, uh, everybody else, people that work for Spanky were all on my list for Bed Bash 1. And it was all one evening. So it's calculated. This guy's calculated. I am calculated. So I connect with you guys, share contact information, um, you know, just do me. Uh, not afraid of rejection because rejection is the same thing as doing nothing. So we kept in touch. Then Bet Bash 2 happened because I knew Rob was doing big things. So Bet Bash 2 is more people, more time. So I had more time to kind of scope out the audience. So like the days of Bet Bash like go by, still hadn't collared Rob. And I knew my moment was going to be the bookie better breakfast where you were all supposed to sit at a table and wait for people to come. Well, they didn't announce any penalties if you wait to sit later. So I finally caught up with Rob Lurkin and I figured out what table he was going to and I sat with him. And it was a very entertaining brunch, met some other great people like Peter Jennings and others. And then, you know, we kept in touch. And then suddenly, unsurprisingly, Rob announces that he's doing the hammer. But before he announced, he hit me up and I was game right away. The only issue was I was writing for a site full time at the time and they do podcast, uh, but it's not necessarily at the hammers level. So I had to talk to them, get permission. And they're like, yeah, sure. As long as it didn't, doesn't interfere with your work. They asked some more and I'm like, finally got approval to do it. Then I started doing the podcast and it was doing well. The company pushed back. They're like, oh, we didn't know you were doing this or X. Um, Luckily, I don't work there anymore, so it's all good. Um, so, so that's the story of how the podcast started. Now, the story of how I got the name. Um, you know, Rob approached me about doing written content. I wasn't game for that because I already do it. And I know the future of sports betting content is in podcasting. So I'm like, I want to do a podcast in like an interview format. Because uh, when I was in college, I used to have a radio show, The Meshuggah Factor, uh, where I played classic hip hop and interviewed politicians so i'm like why don't we do something like that but for sports betting and so originally i thought okay we're going to call this show angles because you know people are figuring out the right way to win long term at sports betting with the right angles but then i'm like eh, it's not really catchy and i'm all about puns why don't we call it 90 degrees right because people are going to say why is the show called 90 degrees yeah. and i say because we're giving the right betting angles <laughs> i love it I love so, it. I mean, I will it's really well thought through, by the way. Yes. We'll touch on one thing. What an EV move to pick his seat last and slide in there right next to Rob Pizzola. Kudos to you. That's an EV networking move. We had a, a that that was actually a, a great breakfast. And it was probably like a two to three hour conversation. You're right. Peter Jennings was at our table. We were talking about underdog uh, bunch as well. But I, I remember... I don't remember the story well enough, Kevin, but I remember laughing really hard at you telling some story about, I think it was fighting a battle of where like a field was going to go up in your neighborhood or something like yeah. that. And you went to the most petty levels to make sure that either that field did go up or didn't go up. Don't recall. Didn't go up. It didn't go up. Uh, and I was just, I was like this guy. I fought a high school that had a rooftop football field. Right. With an ice hockey rink and an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And why did you not want this to go up again? I don't remember the entirety of this story. All right. This is a good story, and it describes why I'm hated among many people in their 40s in Hoboken. Okay. Uh, but I don't give a shit because it's not like they bet on CFL. So <laughs> as a recovering politician, I'm still jumping to political battles. And there's a proposed referendum on building a high school, but this is not just like any high school. It would have been like a state of the art high school, which is fine. But the base of the high school, the classrooms would be supporting a football field on the roof because they're going to build a school on the football field. So they're like, well, where else are we going to put the football field on the roof? And like the school district covered this up for three years because they didn't want opposition to build. Uh, because the price tag ended up being $241 million with $90 million in interest. Um, so it would have a capacity of 1100 but it would be the cost of a high school that fits 3,000 people. So I was like, why not do something else? Right. So 
I was part of the vote no campaign because I know I'm a math guy. And they're like, okay, Kevin, what are we going to do? So I went to some of my old contacts and they said, if you send text messages now, it only costs uh, nine cents a text to send. And you can buy people's cell phone numbers for one and a half cents each. So I went to the board of elections, got the list of people that voted in the last election, the last election before that, because I didn't want to waste money on people that never vote. So I got the list, sent it to a company, said, here, give me the phone numbers. They came back with the phone numbers. We loaded it in. And usually a political text message has about a 3% response rate. But this, we got an 11% response rate because I really went to the jugular. So we sent texts. Did you know there's an election in three weeks um, that may increase your rent or property taxes? So people are like, oh my God. (laughs) So of course we got the text back, fuck you. How do you hate kids so much? Then he got the other text back, said, oh, I had no idea. Or, oh, tell me more. And then I text him back, say, they're going to have a, a, a hockey rink. And I had an emoji of someone playing hockey. They're going to have a rooftop football field. And we had a football emoji. Um, so, I mean, that ended up, that referendum failed 65%. People are still bitter, so I'm still on many enemies lists. Uh, so that was a story I told, because it turned out there are two people at the table from Hoboken, which... Mind you, it's a city of only 60,000 people. Uh, but there's a lot of betters there because it's right next to New York and Jersey City, which is next door, as well as Hoboken is headquarters to many legal sports betting companies. I, and you have many pro and semi-pro betters like Clive Bixby that live in town. Right. Wait, but why did you not want the field to go up? He's just he's, he's a man of the I people. Because I thought it was a wasteful spending to spend... Um, Dude, it's all the amount of money spending. for a three thousand person high school to have a one thousand person. This is, high this is school. a man of principle. We have only four hundred students at the no. current high school. I listen. All power to you, but did you spend any of your own personal money to get that done? I did. Wasn't that more of a waste of spending? It definitely was more of a wasteful spending. <laughs> but the principle that they hid this from people for years because they didn't want people to be opposed to it. And they held the election in January when it'd be the only thing on ballot because they hoped that only moms would vote. Fair, listen, man fighting the system. Listen, man. I appreciate it. And I'm still the, fighting the, the system. The valiancy in your effort. However, undoubtedly, that money is going to be just wasted on something else. I mean, politics basically is a waste of time. Uh, you do it because you care. You've got to get the good guys. Because all the like time I spent doing this, I could be grinding out lines. In the time when this happened, I got limited at some sports books and didn't realize it. So maybe I would have two weeks more before I get limited because I was killing EuroLeague basketball that year. Listen, Especially the fact that you got it done though, we, we appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate someone who's willing to put, you know, their principles fight for what they believe in ultimately. And it's funny. People are like, Oh, are you worried about them saying, don't listen to this guy. He works in gambling. And I'd be like, no, because there's one person running for office who works in litigation finance where her job is, financing litigation so if they win the lawsuit her company uh, gets part of the settlement she's a gambler there's one of the people on the school board works in pharmaceutical sales and you're telling me she can be a drug dealer but i can't work in gambling there i own who i am i like the spin you put on that but uh yes i you know what kevin the, the politics side of things, like the elected official, it's all making sense to me now. So I'm going to do a quick plug here for the 90 Degrees podcast. It's unsolicited. But if you, so far right now, if you like Circles Off and you haven't listened to 90 Degrees, check it out. Basically what the show is, is Kevin, he's a great host. He asks people basically about their betting. It's a lot of people who are in the analytics community, pro bettors, betting community. And really it's an extension of this podcast, I would say. Uh, format's pretty cool and Kevin does a great job and the, the shows are very entertaining and you'll learn a lot as well from those, uh, from those shows. They don't have currently as much views as, as circles off. We're going to grow it up. We're going to grow this channel. We've had a head start as to well. the, to the moon, Kevin. So we yes. appreciate you being a part of the network and, uh, obviously best of luck with the show episode came out today in reality, which is two days ago. Um, at this is the time of this airing of this episode with our friend, Formal, former Circles Off guest as well, Pro Better Spanky, the host of Bet Bash. If you guys want to go check that one out, just dropped what would have been a few days ago right here on the Circles Off channel. So if you're listening on podcast format, 
you'll see it in the feed. If it's on Spotify, iTunes, whatever it might be. And if you're listening on YouTube, hit on over, scroll down, and you'll see the 90 degrees section right here in the feed. And as always, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Kevin, just you've obviously had a, a very wide assortment of, of people on 90 degrees. Um, from Andy Serling, your, your uncle, as, as you mentioned, um, to all, all over the place, really. How do you go about selecting the guests you're going to have on the podcast? Like, what criteria do you look for there? Because you found a lot of people that, frankly, I didn't even know existed at some points. It's like the first time I've heard of them. Um, or, I mean, obviously, you've, you've had some big people in the space as well. But I'm, I'm curious as to, like, what is your criteria for selecting a guest? You know, I look over their social media if they have it, say, you know, do I have a chance to learn something new if they come on? Or are they just going to be recycling the same old garbage? Because, um, like, the problem is most professional bettors or winning sports bettors that we know tend to be steam chasers, which is interesting, but it gets boring after a while. You need, you know, some background on bottom-up handicapping, particular angles of steam chasing, sort of biography. So, and then a lot of what happens is I'll have guests on and people start messaging me because they love the show. And I'll think, oh, maybe you'd be a good guest. Or they would say, I know this person. They'd be a great guest. So, for example, my friend Scott, uh, who works for Spanky. He runs Spank Odds. Uh, he's not like a big public-facing personality. But I met him at Bet Bash 1, and we talk all the time since then. Um, and he's a professional sports better, and he's in Vegas, so he knows all these people. So the guy is the former Mandalay Bay casino host. Yep. That's how I got him. Yeah. Uh, so I got to learn the secrets about how VIP hosts keep coming people in. Because mm -hmm. even though it's not sports betting, as like a sports better, it's good to know how these industries work. That was a great episode. It was. I just like the time when I he um, I was like, how do you help people get laid in Vegas? He's like, it's easy. You just go to a bar and say, I'm Abe Froman, Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, they believe that? He's like, yeah, they're not old enough to know that movie. So, I mean... <laughs> You know, it's a normal thing where we're looking for the substance, um, you know, in the sports betting, because it can't be all laughs. But, you know, what keeps people tuning in is it's an entertaining listen. So you people like that, I've started running out of more guests, even though I'm only up to 29 episodes. So I started hit, hitting LinkedIn, uh, partially because, you know, let's let's like face the reality here, looking at the three of us, we're white dudes. If you look at most of these betting conferences, it's white dudes. Yep. But if you look at most betters, it's pretty diverse. Like in my old neighborhood of the Bronx, I was the only Blanquito uh, in there. And I was betting on sports and everybody else was. Um, you know, so it'd be nice to get some women on there, some people that are not white. Uh, so I'm working on that, but they got to be legit. They can't just be on there as a personality. Like there has to be some substance there. So like, for example, we had Sarah from Profit Exchange. Yep. Because I saw the article that Gina Fiore wrote. And the profit people, guess what? Not only do they live in Hoboken, but they live two doors down from me. It's a one mile square city. So I was like, let's bring her on. Let's get the right angles. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, usually before a show, I only have five or six questions written. Most of what I do is I listen to the conversation and think, okay, what other angles are in there? What sort of follow-ups can I do? Mm -hmm. I try and look at it as if I didn't know anything, what would I be asking? Because if you're asking questions like you know everything, but people who are listening aren't at the same level as you and they're not going to be able to follow. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, everybody has their own interview uh, style format. Um, I'll just speak very openly about how we do circles off. But typically we circulate like an agenda to all of our guests of like these are what points we're going to hit on with some actual questions. We don't always just go down that list of questions because I think that like that's counterintuitive to how an interview should work. Somebody says something interesting, you should follow up on that. Or in some cases, I'll, uh, you know, the Steve Fezzik episode challenged them on that or something along those lines, right? Um, and I, I can tell by your interview style that you kind of listen and interpret what people are saying. In fact, I got it the most out of the interview that you did with Johnny, um, where I could clearly tell that you were processing in real time his answers and then kind of coming up with questions on the spot. And I think that that's more interesting. This is just a personal opinion of mine than someone who's just going to script an entire interview, go bang, 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 because it just doesn't have like that natural 
conversational style to it uh, altogether. So I do appreciate that. I'm curious for you, what are some of the most memorable conversations um, or guests that you've had on 90 Degrees? Something that if you really had to recommend for somebody that they go and check out, what would it be? I mean, the Plus EV analytics interview is perfect because we're both trying to outdo each other with the nerd jokes. Um, but I think for him, like one issue he probably has when being on interviews is making sure people understand what he's talking about. Cause this guy's a smart dude. And I think that's one of the interviews with him where you could really understand his process much better. We go from a, a more naive angle. Fats was obviously great. Uh, cause Fats is a wealth of information. We could have had him on for three hours. Like Spanky did. One of the we first might have to bring him there. back. Yeah. He was great. Scott was great. Uh, if we bring Scott back, we're going to have to put a horse mask over him uh, because he doesn't want to show his face anywhere. Uh, he's very secretive. Uh, but at least we get him. Chinese Mike, I've been trying to get for ages, but he'll never do any podcasts. Um, never say Spanky, never. Spanky, that we just did was amazing. Frank B, another amazing guy. You can't you can't just go through the entire catalog, Kevin, and say everything's amazing. Though. That's you not, drop the hammer, That's not Kevin. the way it works. What's the go-to? I Some, did drop the hammer. Somebody tomorrow is going to check out an episode of 90 Degrees, and you, you can give them one. What's it going to be? Frank B. Frank Bang. We'll put that, we'll link that in the description below. Obviously, Frank you can find B. it. You're Kev, on. you're a big fan of the CFL. You're not from Canada Huge. like we are, but you're a massive CFL fan. Why is that? And what do you bet on for CFL? So I've actually always been a huge fan of Canada. Uh, you guys are our neighbors. Uh, I can the take country, the train up to you guys to country. Montreal. You're just a big fan of the fan country. Of the country. In, in, in yeah. General? So, I mean, in fifth grade, uh, the teacher had us uh, all research like a province in Canada. I forgot which one I got. It might have been Saskatchewan. I'm not sure. That's why you're a Riders fan. I'm a Riders fan because I'm a fan of the league, and I wanted to like own a team that I'm a fan of, and they're publicly owned. Okay. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, I see you always wear the Riders hat, or occasionally. Hell yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm a Riders fan. So CFL, um, I was like, okay, I want to get into this, but I never have. And then sports betting, uh, you know, my first year of betting was sports betting in New Jersey. I'm like, all right, I'm going to check out CFL betting because uh, my dad's coworker is really into CFL football, uh, which is random at an environmental law firm that you have another lawyer who's in the CFL. So I, I got hooked. I'm like, this is not just like something else to bet on, but the fans are really into it. The rules are so different. Not everything is decided by three and seven points. And, you know, I just got hooked at that point. And that was 2019. I was ready for 2020, but then the season was canceled because of COVID. So I had two years to really get look forward to 2021. And that's when my CFL betting at the time went to the next level. Because uh, I was looking at the values of all sorts of points. All the books that offer alternate lines that price the alternate lines like NFL alternate lines rather than treating it like CFL where you got the rouge mm -hmm. and you got more two-point conversions because you have a 20-yard end zone. Um, you know, looking from that. And of course the rouge happens a lot because the field goal post is at the front of the end zone. Yeah. Where you can so, basically die. Just like I've seen the most violent collisions with people running crossing routes in the end zone that just get destroyed by hitting the, the field pole's goal. not at the front though. It, it, the, the, the pole it's not is directly like, at the is like two it's, or three yards in. Yeah. Pat. And, yeah. And it like hangs over the goal line. Correct. Right? Yes. Well, I wasn't even thinking of that angle. I was thinking of it's closer uh, more teams are going to go for long field goals uh, just because they don't have the 10 yards back like the NFL. Right. So they're going to go for it. They're going to miss it. And then you have it like, okay, is it long enough, but wide? Will you get the one pointer? Is the other team going to return it? Like I've seen return for a 110 yard touchdown. Yep. Could be 119 uh, yards. Actually it was 55, 55. Yeah. It's a hundred, 110. You're right. But you could take it back technically from 129 yards. <laughs> Absurd. I mean, so I'm like looking at all those like angles and strategy, then you got a point where you have line shopping and the consensus price is four and a half. You like the dog and one site has five and a half. Yep. And five the, the, key, the between, old key number in the CFL. <laughs> yes. I mean, four and a half and five and a half is a much bigger deal in CFL than uh, the American version. For sure. Uh, so, and then also looking at teasers, uh, you know, whether they price them properly. 
like you get a 6.2 team or minus 120 or a certain site. I don't know if they're going to make the same mistake again, so I'm not going to out the name that has 28 cent spreads on CFL, but you can buy each half a point for eight cents. There you go. I like, I see, you know, the right right angles. It's all, it's all coming together now. So I have a very, and the injury reports. Yes. Understanding each team has to have a certain amount of Canadian players playing on the field. Bingo. So people are going to say, okay, who are the best players? They're usually American. Well, what about the best Canadian players when they get injured? What are their replacements like? That that is actually very, very, very fair. So they I, do need to put a, a certain amount of Canadian players, and then once you have that player injured, you have to replace them. But typically, so the way it works for those who don't know, like in the CFL, typically you're not going to waste like, um, okay, let's say you have a, a really really good like linebacker, you need that position, so that's probably going to be like one of your American positions. You're not going to put a, one of your Canadian spots there. Canadians will be the positions that aren't as valuable. But if there is a Canadian in a valuable position, he drops off and they have to re-up him with another. Yep. Could be an edge to be had. 100%. A lot of what they do is they line up the offensive line with Canadian uh, youth sports uh, engineering graduates uh, who are big. Uh, (laughs) But the issue with that is because the pay is not as good in the CFL as being an engineer. Uh, They had some really good Canadian offensive linemen retire before last year. And I don't think people properly accounted for his absence. I mean, he retired because he can make more as an electrical engineer. Yeah. So why do that when you're you're making 60,000 Canadian and having Willie Jefferson, who's six foot seven, really fast and 265 pounds running after you. Some other CFL differences for those who don't know, you get a running start off the jump instead of having a standstill at the snap. And there is only three downs. Three downs. And there's an extra player on the field. Extra player. Ball is bigger. I don't know if you ever tried to throw the CFL ball, but I wouldn't want to. Like, people people always shit on the CFL, like, and, and like, some of the quarterback play. I mean, we have seen quarterbacks that have excelled in the CFL that, you know, went to the NFL and got rostered. Chris Strebler being one of the more recent ones. But the field is very wide relative to an NFL field. You have to have solid arm strength as a CFL quarterback to make that out throw because if you don't you're like you're cooked so I I think people are very dismissive of the talent in the CFL a lot of times because it is you know it's a very different game people watch it they you know they think oh it's Canadians what do they know about football but the play is a lot better than I think people actually give it credit I'll tell you this given that there's only three downs I just don't see how you run the ball It it just it makes no logical sense to run the ball when there's three downs, you literally run it first down. Well, there's certain teams that disagree, but let's say you um, run it for, for three yards on first down. Yes. Now you're the equivalent of an NFL third and seven. Agreed. And that's after a first down run that in the NFL is not even graded as a, as a negative play. The only count, but a good CFL running back and offensive line. Cause that's most important. will average between five and six yards a carry. But that would still not even be enough. It would still not be the same as as probably the expectancy if you passed on first down. I mean, there are situations where a team is just running all over another team, and you could see that every time they hand the ball off, they're going to get eight yards. You also don't kill the clock as much because of the first down rules in the in the two minute like under three. So uh, which and a three minute warning instead of a two minute warning. exactly. And then you don't you basically don't run out the clock as much in CFL. Uh, it's even worse in college. The big thing for me is that in terms of running, I would never run on early downs, but I think late downs, it's way more successful because in the NFL, you can line up right to the ball, right? In the CFL, you got to give it one yard, full yard. So like on the goal line, you're, you're like, you're giving literally a full yard of separation. It's just way easier for you to get, like the quarterback sneak in the CFL is like, I'm sorry, but if you get stuffed, like you, you <laughs> immensely fucked up. The court, on like a you, one yard you need to be, or you're playing Winnipeg, or or right, or there's just a very very good defensive team that's figured it out. But, um, Kevin, for you, like I hear a lot of people that don't like to bet the CFL because the limited amount of games, and I think that's fair. There's just not a lot of teams. You get four games a week, um, sometimes bye weeks, three games a week. But I think that people are also like think it's an incredibly soft market, um, and there's like this like 
argument I see in like the betting community of I love when the CFL comes around because it's so soft. Uh, and other people are like, why do you waste your time on this? There's only four games a week. Uh, and then there's the people that are good NFL and college football bettors that think that they could just seamlessly transfer over and like have success in betting the CFL. I'm curious if you think that that's the case. Like if someone's a great football handicapper, NFL, college football, um, do you think that they could automatically like translate to success in betting the CFL? Not necessarily because they still take pretty high limits on CFL. Um, because like, you know, I'm not hitting the limits in a lot of these markets, but like, for example, I'll say to Scott, say, okay, I bet this, here's what I bet. And an opener will be out and Scott will get down a thousand dollars, which isn't like as much as some other sports, but it's still, you know, pretty ballsy to take a thousand dollars. In fact, actually FanDuel is taking like $2,000 limit bets on preseason. Yep. Uh, but for me, I like looking at FanDuel for this. Uh, it will tell you what the limit is rather than you having to find out. So if I'm logged off the app, I see what the typical limit is. And if I log into my account, I see what my limit is. And FanDuel has me at one third of the usual limits. Ah, nice. Uh, CFL sharp. That's what a beautiful. sharp. But they have you at CFL, have I think you it's double like the limits quarter. on every other sport. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily. Just NBA, because uh, I was on the watch along last night for the finals. Yep. And I had a great idea for a live bet. But of course, I'm a little scared to like bet any NFL, NBA playoffs because of how efficient the market is. Mm. So I had my theory and I put it in and I was like, Jesus, FanDuel would take $5,000 from me on this and it has the same price as all the others. I'm like, I'm just going to not do it because they're this confident. Was it my, this much Miami consensus. Heat alt, alt spread minus 19 and a half? No, I was, um, I wanted to do Miami Heat, money line and the under because oh. I thought my angle was. What a winner. It was a winner, but my angle is that Miami, when they tend to win, it tends to go under. So I'm like, okay, I trust my gut. But then I saw what the market thought of it and the market agreed on the number mm -hmm. and they gave me a high limit when they know I'm a winner. No way. Were they allowing the regular parlay or did you have to go into the SGP for that same game? SGP. Was it, what was the correlation there? I think they priced it as that there is not a correlation. So there you uh, go. It was at halftime. Mm. Oh, at the half. It was at halftime. Yeah, because I don't like messing with live betting while the games are going on because yeah, of how far smart. ahead they are. Yep. No, so, very, very lots, smart. Lots everyone, who li everyone who lives bet. See, it's another thing. If, yep. When people live bet, they think that they're watching the game. Like, you're, you're watching at least, like, 7 to 10 seconds delayed. If you're on cable, if you're on any streaming service, it's Thanks far Thanks for more. coming out. You're full play or two behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, there's really we'll no say, value Speaking of that. live betting is, unfortunately, the sports book took it down. But during CFL preseason, one sports book had up uh, live lines. And of course, they're treating it like a regular season game where teams are three and a half point favorite. They're up by seven. Here's what the line is. But preseason, they're using different sort of rotations for each quarter. So there you go. It could have found the uh, when the starters got, got pulled. I will give a, a, a quick plug here for our sponsor, Pinnacle, because I do bet the CFL pretty regularly. And Pinnacle does have some pretty good limits on CFL relative to every other sports book. So there are going to be people out there. And now granted, this is Ontario only. But if you are betting in Ontario, you go to bet at some book. They're giving you 50 bucks on a CFL game or 100 bucks on a CFL game. You want to get down more. I would say 100% sign up for Pinnacle. You can do that through our links, betstamp.app slash circles off. We'll link it in the description below, betstamp.app slash circles off. But I cannot recommend Pinnacle enough as a book in general, but for the CFL as well, especially if you want to get like a bet, you know, listen, for some people it doesn't apply, but for others that want to bet the sport and actually like make something off of it, that would be uh, my go-to sports book as well. Um, just on a side note, Kevin, unrelated to betting, do you think the CFL could ever find mass appeal? If they had a different commissioner and leadership, I think yes. <laughs> they That's have asking to... a lot. Where, where are you? Are you going to apply? Um, I think I have applied to work for the CFL before. I believe there's visa issues because I'm not Canadian. Mm. Oh, that's right. And I would have a hard time becoming a citizen because I looked into it because uh, I'm in the Canada. And usually on the point system, they give you more points if, I, if you know French and I don't know French. Well, we could teach you that. 
We can teach you French. We you might, might be able you, to get you a passport for a certain. You don't even speak French. Devin Cavis. Gimapel at Boogie Down Picks. Yes, that's not going to pass it. You're what the French would call les incompetents, Kevin. <laughs> Bro, you don't that's straight from French. Home Alone, by the you way. For even... anyone who didn't get the reference, straight from Home Alone. Yeah, I, I mean, you listen. I Hey, Home Alone had a character named Kevin, so it works. The, the main they, character they, is named, named Kevin. Macaulay Culkin was named uh, Kevin. Uh, appreciate, that's before all the drugs. Yeah, well, listen. I mean, his brother, Kieran Culkin, put in a hell of a performance at, uh, at on Succession, which was... Absolute banger finale, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I never heard of that show. Yeah, you don't watch it. So yeah, I mean, to make the CFL popular, they just need to market to a younger audience, have it on more TV stations. They started embracing betting, but you got to embrace it a bit more. Mm-hmm. I you know, and I think the musical talent shouldn't just be for people in the mountain provinces who would like country. Sorry, the you musical talent? You should put some talent? pop music in there. Yeah. Like if they have the Grey Cup halftime show, Shania Twain, don't they... don't diss Shania Twain to the Canadian audience here. I don't Kevin. think Shania Twain has been on the Grey Cup. Yeah, I think she has a couple times. I remember like a dog sled come pulling her out for the Grey Time half. I uh, like the Grey Cup halftime show. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't I haven't really seen much CFL, but this previous year's Grey Cup, I did watch it. I believe the Argos won on a level. <laughs> The Argos won on a, on, on a last-second missed kick Yep, from the kicker on, was it the Bombers? Yep. Legio? The leg? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. And then, yeah, he's from around here. Well, everyone's technically from around Zach here. Zach went to high school look, with him. Yeah, but if, you, if, you, if you're just around Ontario, then, like, you yeah, know, you, so many guys are in the CFL. Yeah. I, oh, wow. A guy, a guy from the C, who currently plays in the CFL is on my Touch Football League team Sunday nights. He's on the tie cats, long snapper. I'll let you guys look oh. it up. Yeah, absolute beauty. He rips it up in the in the snap in our touch football league. We he he doesn't play long snapper for us. He plays <laughs> in touch football. He, 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 plays, he plays all positions. Um, but uh, yeah, no. What, what was I? I don't even know what I was gonna say. But yeah, that that last Grey Cup game, the Argos was actually a legitimate great game where like. This guy got a absolute boneheaded penalty on the on the Argos on like a third down, which would have ended the game. But he got like a basically a roughing the passer penalty, extended the game, and then he was the guy that blocked the winning kick. Like this was like with two minutes left, so like he cost his team the game, and they're like, "Wow, they just blew the Grey Cup." He stepped back up and blocked the game winning kick. And won it for his team. It's actually what a, a movie. Story. Like legitimately, c- can't make that. You, up. It would like it's literally how you would write a movie. Where the guy like don't forget the previous year's Grey Cup too. Yeah, yeah maybe I do have to get back in the CFL. It's it's it's, it's not bad. Yeah, I but mean, the halftime show was lame sauce. Who was it? Uh, it was that guy from Florida Georgia Line, Taylor Hubbard, I think is his name is. Some guy with the last name Davis, and that was the only good thing about him. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because I joke, I say, what if we get swollen members? But what <laughs> if the CFL just ponied a ton of dollars and had Drake? Yeah, I don't. I think that would cost them more than the league is worth itself. <laughs> what if you made Drake like gave him like an ownership stake and had him had like a CFL ambassador role like they do with the Raptors? I don't know if CFL compares to so, NBA yeah, like that. It was Tyler Hubbard, Jordan Davis, and Josh. Oh, Jordan Rost. Davis. Jordan Davis is phenomenal. Uh, the year before was the Arkells. Uh, the Zach's not his Keith Urban in twenty nineteen. I I mean. So they, there, there does seem to be a big country so, presence. So, so we did have like the only Twain. big bomb banger I can find in the list was when they had Nelly Furtado and Socrates. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and just, I found the video and it was a banger. 2012 was Justin Bieber and Carly Rae Jepsen. That's oh. that's banging. 2011 Nickelback for those. Wow. That, I mean, listen, uh, it, it's not. I was expecting a much worse list than what I'm looking at right now. I think you've undersold the the halftime shows uh, for the for the Great Cup. I really think you've understood. It could just be that I'm a hip hop head, and no, listen. I mean, Shania Twain's done it twice, by the way. She also did it in 2002. We'll so see I, who I it is this year. Yeah, I mean, where is the Grey Cup this year? Uh, it's in. Um, last year was Saskatchewan. I think it's in Hamilton this year. Oh, in Hamilton at Tim Hortons Field. So I if might you, actually go. If you go, I'll tell so you. I've what. never been. If you go, Kevin. I'll be there. I'll be right there with you. I'll go if you come. To I'll Canada even make a confession. I've only been the one CFL game in person before, and it was a preseason game. 
in Montreal that uh, Johnny Menzel played. Oh, wow. Oh, for the Alouettes. So I'm hoping to go to uh, the Riders-Argos uh, game this year in late Ju- July. So here's the thing, right? This is going to be very soft, and this is for a Canadian as well. But the Great Cup is November 19th. Is it a Sunday? It, yeah. I, yeah, it'll be a Sunday. So you're uh, going to miss an NFL Unfortunately, day. Kevin, I won't, I, won't, I won't. What time of day? And you'll also be just standing in what the What time cold. of day, though? Uh, it's six. It's usually 6 o'clock, right? Kickoff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so I'd have to miss the back end of the four o'clockers, yeah. as well as the Sunday night football game. Yeah, but put, like to, the traffic to get to the it's gonna be sold. I know the hammer is about yeah, an Hamilton. hour away. An, Hamilton, hour which is about public transit. Hammer. I thought you Canadians are all about uh, public transit and biking. No, we absolutely not. I don't know what you've been informed. Definitely not the people in this room. Yes, that's for sure. But this actually Montreal has a good subway. Uh, I wouldn't know. I've I've ridden it at once. I believe the metro. It's called the metro. Hamilton, Hamilton's about from where we are now. I could push two hours depending on the time. But, but it, this could be a great content play because it could be the hammer in the hammer. In the hammer, the, it, Hamilton yeah. is referred Hamilton to. Hamilton is as the referred hammer. to as the hammer, and they did play at uh, Tim Hortons Field, Joey Kanish's favorite coffee shop. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are coming together here for the great. Imagine we could get Kevin out here and Kanish out here for the Great Cup. Just do and get field side passes for like 120 bucks. I just don't know. It won't be 120 bucks. <laughs> How I, much would it be? Should be free because we're media. Yeah, we're pre- dude, we get dude, press dude. passes. Season what about all the CFL fans in New Jersey? Argos season tickets yeah. is like 200 bucks. They could not pay me to for the season, season not like per ticket. I, 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 I don't know why, honestly, that CFL never took off in Toronto, but it did in Western Canada. I don't know, like, specifically why it didn't happen. I would kill to be in a like. Uh, an environment that supports a CFL team like Calgary or Saskatchewan, right? Like in Edmonton and you go to these games, it's like freezing. It's minus 40 degrees. And there's like 60,000 people at this game, freezing their nuts off. Like that to me is amazing with those stupid, they, they, they ring these bells. Cowbells. Cowbells. Yeah. I mean, they just don't do that. Like the vibe is way better, but Toronto BMO field where the Toronto FC plays, there's like 5,000 people at these games. And, um, you know, it just it just doesn't do it. It just doesn't do it. I mean, we have the Jays, we have the Leafs, we have the Raptors. These other cities don't, I guess, is probably why. They don't have anything else. I mean, so anyways, yeah, if you do want to come, listen, no promises now, given that I actually didn't realize that I have to miss Sunday Night Football, but potentially we can still swing it. Zach will step in in your place. Are At you least in July. Wait, yeah. you're stepping in for what? You're gonna Zach, you're going to come to the game? Yeah, Zach will go to the Great Cup. He can't speak. <laughs> he lost, Zach lost his voice. He lost his voice. Um, last thing, last, this is, I mean, there's been a lot of plugs in this show. It's not finalized yet, but we are doing CFL content for the hammer this year, which will include Kevin Davis at boogie down picks. That will be on the forward progress channel over here on YouTube and consumable in audio format as well. So if you're interested in betting the CFL, Kevin Davis, so money sports this year, we got something that's coming. It's brewing. It's almost finalized. It'll be there on Forward Progress. So make yeah. sure you're subscribed to Forward Progress YouTube channel. And again, for Christ's sake, hit the bell. All notifications. Sm- absolutely just, obliterate Just obliterate that. the bell so that you get notified in real time when videos are up. And if you, if you don't yeah, like you gotta CFL, ring that bell like Hector Salamanca. Wow. There you go. Great you reference. Go. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, if man. you don't want to watch CFL or care about CFL, then hopefully at least they'll give out some winning picks. So if you like winning money, could be something. It's an easier market to beat for sure than the NFL. I'll tell you something about sports that you don't like. Losing money. When you're winning money, betting the sport, it's very easy to like it. For a while, I was a huge KBO fan. Big KBO fan. Now, I don't Now you're, you're a WNBA fan. I, I love the WNBA. WNBA is great. When you're winning money, the sport is great. Kevin, appreciate your time. We'll end it off. Same closing question as everyone else. If you could go back five years and talk to a previous version of yourself, what advice would you give to your former self? So five years ago, it was right when PASPA was repealed. And it was in my first year of 311 where I was sucking it up because I wanted a job that I couldn't get fired from that had good benefits. And of course, I could be on the phone having fun. But the micromanagement was insane. My advice would have been leave that job pursue something in sports betting because this is taking off and this is what you love. It was something I loved doing, going to Dominican barbershop. And now it could actually be a career. 
And I guess like the general advice for other people is like, you shouldn't suck up having a safe job if you have a passion somewhere else um, where you have an aptitude for it. I like it. Do what you love. Never work a day in your life. 100%. His name is Kevin Davis at Boogie Down Picks on Twitter. Make sure you check out 90 Degrees. I promise you, you will not regret it. You can find it right here on the Circles Off YouTube channel or consumable in audio format. We will be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you smash that like button. I want you to hammer that like hammer button. Hammer that like Absolutely. button. Hopefully you haven't hurt your mouse enough that you can't click the like button as well. So maybe you do the like button first, then you obliterate the bell right afterwards. This has been Circles Off episode number 104. We'll catch everyone next week. 